French Open. Don't even know what day it is. Don't even know what round it is. Don't even know which way is up. Things aren't going to plan this tournament. <clears throat> We're going to have to do something drastic to get back on track here in this French Open. Um, one in three today. Should have just told you guys to hammer Tsitsipas and straights. That was fucking lock of the century. Instead, I got you losing on three and hitting on one, and that was the challenger that you guys probably didn't even bet. did say that was my most confident, but I'm not going to sit here and we nailed spring wheat, all of you guys. So on to the next day. Men's side looks tough. We're getting to the point in the tournament where I can just kind of run through this real quick and give you some quick opinions here. But on the men's side... You've got Nishioka, Saboth Wild, and I'd have to give the edge to Saboth. He just he's the more aggressive, the more comfortable on clay. You know, maybe over in that, but but I'd give the edge to Saboth. Zhang Rude, I could see Zhang honestly beating him. I could see him keeping it close. Um, you know, but obviously Rude's top class and and should have a very good chance in this one. Um, Jari Giron, probably priced about right. Chorich Echeverry should be a good match. I'd agree with favoring Echeverry and, and probably say over in that one. Rune Olivieri, can't really handicap that. Sarundolo Fritz, I guess I'd lean over. How about Grigor Altmaier? Maybe I'll come to you guys with a podcast tomorrow on TFO Zverev. I could see an over or maybe even a potential play on TFO there, but, you know, that's all to say, quick opinions, not betting $1 on anything I just talked about. So take that for what it is. I do, however, think there are some some opportunities in the women's side here tonight. So Rybakina, to me, looks like the best on the board. Cerebase Tormo, I mean, she's theoretically a good clay player. She missed a long time. She's been back. She's been winning some matches. But, you know, you guys know what we think of Rybakina. I mean, she's up there with the cream of the class here on the women's side. Cerebase Tormo, at the end of the day, is a pusher. I mean, she heavy spin, barely willing to redirect the ball, never taking an aggressive shot, allergic to coming to the net. I mean, this matchup, even if Cerebis Tomo is back in form, I mean, you're not going to push your way to beating Rybakina. I mean, you know, you, you better come with some aggression to have any chance in this matchup. Minus 455, I mean, I, you can put this minus 1400, and I think it's a good price. So we've got two Rybakina plays here. Um, Fire a few off tonight. We do have some opinions. Uh, we do have some leans here and, and some reason to think that these should hit for once. But Rybakina in straight sets is minus 154. Can just go ahead and pound away at that straight. But then we're also going to do Rybakina parlayed with Pablo Yamas Ruiz. And he's playing in a challenger against Burachuga. Uh, Yamas Ruiz is a very up-and-coming stud in the challenger ranks, uh, you know, by far. He doesn't have a, 
you know, he doesn't even have a really, really a serve developed yet, but his ground game is so good. He's just mowing through lots of strong players. Buruchaga is quality, had some good runs last year, but hasn't really been able to pick up where he left off, and, and he's been pretty sporadic this year. Um, you know, this could be a, a decent match for a couple sets, but I think Yamas Ruiz gets that done in, in two sets. And I'm not going to advise you to bet it straight, but do parlay it with Rybakina. So both of those are around minus 150. And then, you know, the real theme, and I guess I would say I, I, this applies to the men's side as well here, but I think the real theme is uh, I generally think there's going to be a lot of tight matches this round. I mean, this is the point of the tournament where, you know, a lot of these players who aren't typically seeing third and fourth rounds of majors having chances to get to the quarters and, and play to win that quarter. Um, you know, things start to get real tense, you know, when these opportunities come up. So, you know, a lot of these matches, you know, I, I think the over is really a smart play, especially when they're relatively evenly matched, you know, say minus 150 or less, or if you just have a feeling that the dog has a lot more value than is being implied. Just because players play their best when they're behind. That's when they, they release themselves of expectation. That's when they play free. And, you know, playing when you're ahead is where all the nerves are. That's where, oh, I'm going to win. I'm so close to winning. Oh, you know, all of a sudden you're doing completely different things than you were doing that got you there. So, you know, I think a lot of times you see a player get ahead and then start playing worse. And then the player that's behind starts playing better. So you get this little kind of zigzag of momentum and it leads to some long, deep, competitive matches. So... Some of the overs that I like particularly is uh, over 21 and a half. That's my favorite number to take over. I mean, you can win it with this a 7663, 7564. Um, like Coco Goff and Mira Andreva. You know, that's a real interesting match. Andreva, the, as you know, just turned 16 year old phenom who's just been lighting up the women's side of the draw. Just blowing everybody out of the water. She gets her first real test at a top player here against the six seed Coco Goff. Interestingly enough, Coco Goff's only minus 132 in this match, so there's a lot of people that think Andreva is in with a real chance, and I would include myself in that group. I feel it's the safest play to take the over just because Goff is a lot more experienced and you know significantly more physically developed, and you know this could... This could be, uh, it could really could turn into a physical match given how much tennis Andreev has played leading up to this. I mean, when you're as good as her, you play a lot. So, um, you know, I do think she'll do plenty to get over that total. So that's one. Also, like the over at Alexandrover, Haddad Maya, another 21 and a half. I think those two both have a lot of power, both can defend the serves, and that one's going to play almost like a, a men's match where, you know, you're going to see very few breaks, and, you know, all we need is, you know, any three-setter is going to make that number, but, you know, all we need is is one tiebreaker, and we should have a really good chance of hitting that one even in straights. Um, Andreescu, Serenko, you know, they're, they're picking on Andreescu a little bit with some trappy odds. I'm not sure that I really get it. Not going to touch... Chiaretto, Para. I just have a bit of a vendetta against Para. She never seems to win when I when I watch, and I, I don't like betting on her. I do like the over in Day Schmidova, though, and that's another twenty one and a half. And again, this is a perfect example of the 
angle that I talked about where these are two players that are just it's a dream scenario to still be alive and still be playing a player that you're not a huge underdog against. The odds in this one are minus 25 for Schmidlva, which is is quite low and, and kind of trappy in its own right. But, you know, I really think whoever's up is going to really struggle to put this away, and there's going to be a lot of that zigzag momentum. So over 21 and a half games in that one as well. And, yeah, that's uh, that, that should be a good handful of plays for you guys. We should get right back on track. Um, you know, Weezcast doesn't lose many days. It doesn't lose many days in a row. And uh, lightning doesn't strike three or four times in a row in the same place. So you guys can pound away with some confidence here, and we'll see you back to get some more winners tomorrow. Best of luck.